Join Ian Garnick as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right. We've got, we're going to talk automotive search marketing. We're going to talk chat GBT. We're going to talk chat GBT hacks. We're going to talk what's going on in Google, all with Alex Mellon. Alex, say hi. Hey, guys. We're going to talk about with automotive, how, how to virtually hack Google's algorithm, the real secret to ranking better a fast summary of Alex's book. It was very fast. It's amazing. He talks really fast. How to hire an SEO team, why automotive SEO is different. The three options for automotive SEO, best way new car brands can get discovered. And then we'll get into ChatGPT, how fast it got to 100 million users. It scores on standardized tests. The latest ChatGPT profession that pays 300 grand. Will Google penalize ChatGPT for content? And how Alex was wrong about that. The biggest ChatGPT hacks pitfalls of ChatGPT and the big danger of ChatGPT, as well as Alex at, his, at the end is going to show his very special device on his desk. All this on the Garlic Marketing Show, but first it's brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com, one of the best ways besides ChatGPT to find amazing content is through your customer stories. Go to VideoCaseStory.com where we'll help you collect, craft, and deliver those. All right, let's get started. Let's talk first about the book. Tell me about what's in the book, why you created it, why people need to read it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. The book is just take a step back. What I do these days is co-founder of Smart Sites. We're full service digital agency. So we make websites and then we do SEO pay-per-click search marketing. I still think search marketing is the most powerful way small businesses of any kind, not even small, but I think the biggest opportunity is for small, medium-sized businesses to get clients, right? It's with so many other ways to advertise these days, the TikTok, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, obviously, search marketing continues to be the best channel because it's where people go to find you, right? So regardless of whether you're selling a car or you're a plumber, if you're looking, if you're a plumber and looking for clients, you advertise on Google and someone searches plumber near me, right? And you instantly get business as opposed to any other channel where you have to assume that someone's interested in a plumber, right? This with search marketing, the reason it's so powerful and the reason we do so much of it and our company has grown so much doing it is because you come to, you walk into your house, your sink is leaking, you take out your cell phone, you search plumber near me, the ad comes up, it's instantly called the person. So that's what we focus on search marketing, which is uh, SEO and pay-per-click. We have over 400 full-time employees now. We double in size every wow. 18 months. So in 18 months, for, I think last time we spoke, we had 200, 250. Crazy. Uh, 18 months from now, we'll have 800, obviously different challenges at different parts yeah. of the journey. But the book is literally all of that knowledge into what I hope to be easy to digest book about the first, it's literally two chapters, three chapters, SEO, which is or how to rank organically. And I literally go through Google's ranking signals. Obviously, Google doesn't disclose it. The closest proxy, the two closest proxies we have to know Google's ranking signals are one, Yandex, which is the Russian competitor, had their entire code leaked. So you can actually see exact ranking signals for Yandex. Obviously, Google is not Yandex, and Google probably today, the, where Google is today is probably five years forward from where Yandex is today. So it's backward looking, not forward looking. So you have that. 
And then the second data set is what I use in my book is there is a SEO organization where all the SEO experts meet once a year and internally report back what they're seeing as Google's ranking signals. So that's a data set I use. It's for whatever reason, outside of that community, it's not talked about much, uh, but you could literally go through the book and see exactly Google's ranking signals for Google Maps and then the local listings. And that way you really know where to concentrate your energy. And for those who do SEO, that's literally just putting the hours in. There's no, if you want to follow, uh, do things by the book, not do black hat stuff that you could get in trouble for, ban for, if you want to follow and do things by the book, the way Google, the way Google recommends, right? It's all about putting in the hours. There's no shortcuts. Mm -hmm. There's no, as opposed to how some agencies sell it, there's no magic formulas or shortcuts. <laughs> it's literally putting in the hours, right? You put in yeah. the hours to create content, put in the hours to fix technical stuff on your website, put in the hours to do link. It's all hours in the book. And again, it's automotive themed just because I speak a lot in the automotive space, but it applies to everything. And there's very few parts that are automotive specific, maybe like 10 sentences in the entire book. So it's a general, it's a general playbook. And again, the, you could even see it with our company, smart sites, we're industry agnostic. We're in every single industry. No industry is more than 5% of what we do. Uh, we're GSA certified. We even do government stuff. We made Harvard's website. We do stuff for Harvard. Literally, it works. Wow. All this stuff works in every single industry. I promise you, there's no exceptions. And the book goes through literally ranking signals and what I would invest my time, what as a company, when we sell our services, what we invest our hours in. It's very transparent. This is exactly what we do. Here's the playbook. Go do it. And then, so that's the SEO part. And then the other part's the pay-per-click part, which is very similar, very transparently. This is what you should be doing, right? It's not, in a lot of cases, companies or people who are even reading it might not be doing PPC themselves, but I lay it out in a way that at the very least you could have smart conversations with people who are doing your pay-per-click marketing or the agencies or the person and really be like, oh, I read about this new beta in Alex Mellon's book that's coming out later this year, maybe we should sign up for it. That's a kind of, that's a kind of empowerment I want people to have. Again, it's a little bit auto theme, but 99.9% .9 of everything in there is, is for everyone. And I think even any industry you're in browsing through it would be super useful. And then, sorry, very long with the response. And then third chapter is a little bit different. So I go deep dive in the SEO, deep dive pay-per-click. In the end, I have a lot of useful tools and resources that I use on a daily basis, which is very popular. People ask me like, what tools do you use? Like, how can I do SEO audits? So I go through all the tools you should be using. And then the only thing I, I have on top of that, which is right in the end before the tools is I go through a typical decision that a business has to make, whether doing SEO, pay-per-click, digital marketing in-house or hiring an agency. So I literally lay out that if you want to do it in-house, here are the people that you would need, right? If you think about full service digital marketing, right? Like SEO, pay-per-click, social media, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not usually a one person operation. Like you need a graphic designer, right? Your graphic designer isn't going to be the same person as your front end developer that's going to do a technical SEO stuff on your website. I literally go through here, all the people you need to make it happen. Yes, you could find someone who's a both front end developer and a graphic designer, but at the very least, Here's what goes into everything a full service digital marketing campaign entails. And I go through some comparisons of who should be doing it in-house and who should be hiring for it. So that's the only other piece. And again, everything's supposed to be educational and help small businesses really figure out the best plan for them. Wow.
That's a lot. Sorry, that was a lot. That was like a, that was a summary of a 250 page book in, in 120 it, seconds. Yeah, I was going to say that was a very fast summary of the book, yeah. how to hire an SEO team. We'll get a little into chat GPT, but yeah. should automotive companies be automotive dealers? Should they be having SEO and PPC in-house? Yeah, so it's so with automotive, it gets trickier than anyone else because there's a third choice. So the way automotive works is it's very specific industry and very, very old school in a lot of ways. In most cases, the OEM, Mercedes, BMW, whoever it is, will say, here are your pre-approved vendors to work with. In a lot of cases, those vendors aren't the best for you to work with, right? The vendors selected are usually legacy selected 15 years ago, right? And because they're pre-approved and everyone has to use them, they do the bare minimum, right? They're not going above and beyond. They're guaranteed the business. Dealerships have that option. Uh, Then they have the option to do it in-house, which I've seen go terribly. Um, (laughs) And then hiring other agencies. Either way, SEO pay-per-click will continue to be the best way to to get business for a dealership i i I still believe out of all the marketing out there it's the lowest hanging fruit right if if someone's searching for a bmw and they search bmw dealership near me and your bmw dealership isn't doing a seo or pay-per-click and the competing one comes up even though you're closer someone's going to go to a competing dealership Uh, some dealerships assume that everyone knows they're out there but even if you drive by that same dealership every single day on the way to work you go on Google and you type uh, BMW dealership near me, some other dealership comes up, you're not going to remember that there was something else. So I think it's it's a, not even should they be doing it. I think it's a necessity. It's even, even when you talk about OEMs, like we're doing PPC ads now for Polestar, which is the offshoot of Volvo. We're doing it for the whole, for the whole brand. They're, they are, they're trying to be direct to consumer like Tesla, but they still have dealerships. They're still trying to find themselves. But even for them, they're a new brand that most people don't know about. How are they going to get discovered? A lot of it is conquesting, bidding on like competitor names. So best way for an electric car brand to get discovered, right? Bid on Tesla, right? Tesla, literally anyone searches Tesla, here's the ad that says we're also here, right? And here's why we're better than Tesla. So I do think it's super, super important, every industry and very specifically automotive as well. We've got SEO, I believe like searching SEO is the most powerful thing because you're what you're hitting what I call the green zone, right? It's where people are ready to buy and yeah. they're gonna spend money. And so many people go way outside there, right? And they're like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna do all this other educational stuff, and they're missing out in this area. How does YouTube's number two most search use search engine obviously connect it to Google? How does YouTube fit into these plays for car dealers or for anyone? Yeah, so it's very interesting. YouTube, so Google's been expanding YouTube and pushing YouTube for a long time. I would even say over pushing it to some extent because they they have such big share of the regular search market that's very hard for them to make inroads there, right? If they push more use of YouTube, it's like extra revenue for them. So they've been pushing people, people agencies to do more and more on YouTube. Obviously not for everyone, right? My, my plumbing example, the guy who makes all the money from immediate plumbing calls, YouTube's probably not the place for them. Yeah. But it's been very powerful, I don't want to say replacement, but maybe sup- supplement to, to TV ads, which automotive has always been super, super heavy on. Uh, yeah. It's even now as it's gotten more expensive, it's still so much more cost effective than TV ads, so much more targeted and so much more trackable. So for sure, super powerful. Usually in the automotive space, I'd really... 
I wouldn't really want a dealership to spend tons of their money, let's say a BMW dealership, promoting the BMW brand on YouTube, right? You'd expect the BMW themselves to take that on. But for sure, opportunities all over the place. How about remarketing? Someone already came to your dealership website in the last couple of days. You show them a YouTube ad of like literally inside the dealership, the friendly salespeople, maybe at the end, highlight the five-star reviews. You have the people that show all over a place to highlight how much people love your dealership. How powerful is that? And you're paying so little for the eyeballs to show it to the people. So for sure, very, yeah. still very effective. Yeah. And, and also like it shows up on your TV we have YouTube on our TV all the yeah. time. So because, yes, like yes. you're saying, it becomes like TV. It, it's a great strategy. And now... I don't know. I don't know how this is working right now because I haven't really done, talked to many SEO experts. So I'm asking you, how are Google like? How is the Google search being impacted by YouTube and vice versa? Not just YouTube being in there, but like having YouTube videos on websites, etc. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's very search query specific. It affects what would affect in the automotive space. It would affect the service type of searches. So if someone searches like how to replace my tires or how to replace my wiper blades, right? For sure, having YouTube contents will supplement the article content. And both are important. Some people want to watch the video of it. Some people want to just print out a piece of paper and take it over to their car and replace the wiper blades holding a piece of paper, right? Surprisingly, it hasn't taken away from from Google search activity or click-through rates or anything over the years. And I've watched the last 20 years as it went from nothing to being a crucial part of Google search. I think the, it might be a good transition to ChatGPT. I think it'll be interesting to see how ChatGPT plays into all of this as well, because I think yeah. everything that's happened on Google since I started my first company in 97. So I've been, that was before Google started, right? So I've been using Google and seeing a transition since Google did not exist. And everything has really been supplemental, right? They added videos, fine. They changed how the ads look. They made Google Maps a huge thing, right? Google My mm-hmm. Business didn't exist five years ago. If I know you said you wrote a book about SEO 10 years ago. 10 years ago, citation sites were a lot more important, your Yelps and everything else, right? Yeah. Five years ago, all of a sudden, Google creates Google My Business. It pretty much replaces Yelp. Yelp has almost no relevancy now, right? It literally puts maps into Google search. It puts Google My Business profiles, which is different from your website, on top of Google search results, right? Depending on what you're looking for and mobile versus desktop, but it, everything's been supplemental. Uh, Google Maps, videos, images, shopping, right? Shopping didn't exist 10 years ago either on Google search, right? They added Google shopping out of it. Was, I remember when we started running for the first Google shopping campaigns, and everyone's, there's no point for this. No one wants to shop directly from Google. People are looking for web pages. Now I can't imagine a single e-commerce business that is not doing Google shopping ads. You, you just, it's part of the ecosystem now, but everything has been really supplemental and very integrated into Google, or they found ways to make it integrate, right? Google shopping is still paid ads, although they have organic also and paid ads, but they found ways to integrate all this in and still at the same time, A, monetize it, be associated with websites. So the, obviously Google's entire reason for being is to help people find the right websites, right? Yep. You could say products and websites, whichever it may be, ultimately it's a website. If you don't have a website, there, you have very little place in Google. With ChatGPT, it now has the potential to replace that because people are going to ChatGPT and, and these, these AI chat tools to have questions answered directly without going to websites. 
So that I think is going to be the most disruptive thing to Google that's ever existed since yep. they came into business. And I think they realized that that's why Sergey Brin Olson came back, right? He was, I think he retired, like living in an island. I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> the last time anyone heard anything from Sergey Brin. Yeah. Right? I think five years ago, he just he was like, I'm good. All of a sudden he flew back, I think February. And we do a lot of work with Google. We're a very good Google partner for a lot of reasons, but mostly because we work with so many small businesses and so website heavy, we bring a lot of net new clients to Google. So most agencies fight for the same client and Google could care less what agency has them, right? We go to the plumber who has no website and we make them a website and put them into Google's ecosystem. So a very good relationship. I have a lot of insight into what they do. They were like, and it was a very crazy January and February over there. And all of a sudden Sergey Brin is back. So they, I think they see the, I don't think, I don't think it's like a hundred percent chance that Google got, goes out of business, but they see the existential threat, right? Even if mm-hmm. it's 1%, I think it's huge. So I think what happens in the next six to nine months it's going to be very interesting to look because I think integrating ChatGPT type of system into Google is a lot different than them integrating YouTube ads or YouTube yeah. results, right? It's because it's no longer it's no longer dependent on websites, which is a whole reason for Google to exist. Google got created because Yahoo at the time was still very directory focused, and Yahoo saw the future as a directory of websites. And Google saw the future as a searchable index of the websites. ChatGPT websites are, I don't want to say irrelevant, but they're not as important. So I think that's going to be the very big thing to watch. And it's changing so rapidly that it's even hard to forecast where we go from here. Yeah, it's really interesting because it's, and I think a lot of people are using it the wrong way and a lot of people have the wrong use of it and the wrong idea around it. And like you said, there's a lot of hacks too. And you have a few of them, and I'm happy. I want you to share. Give them up. (laughs) Let me see if I can pull the slides. Yeah, so it's very interesting. So I wrote a couple of things about ChatGPT. And for my personal use, I'm not, again, we talked about it before briefly. I have nothing to sell about ChatGPT. Just for my personal use, I'm like, wow, this is really cool way to use it. So I've been doing a couple, I've been asked to speak at conferences about it. And it's been very interesting. So ChatGPT, for those that, that don't know how fast it's growing and how big it is, fastest growing platform to hit 100 million users. Let me pull up my slides. Hold on. Before that, it was TikTok and it wasn't even close. And then before that, it was Instagram. So the couple of things, first of all, it blew all of them out of the water in terms of growth. Second of all, I think it's a lot harder to grow chat GPT because it's not the TikTok where you have lots of 12 year olds just scrolling through images, people signing up and using chat GPT is mostly business people. And mostly not, like, I would say majority are over 13 years old, not the core yeah. TikTok market of when, when TikTok just started. It's amazing to see how quickly it's grown here. Let me pull up yeah. my slides just so I'm not mix, misquoting anything. So fast as here. Fastest time to reach 100 million users. I'm just reading off the slide that I presented last month. Yeah. What do we have here? Uber took, and this is a time to 100 million global active users. So it has to be monthly active users. A user that logged into a platform at least once that month. Uber took 70 months at the time, fastest growing. Spotify was 55 months. Pinterest was 41 months. Instagram was 30 months. At the time when Instagram reached 100 million users in less than three years, it was all over the news. It was, and 
That's yeah. why Facebook bought them. Literally, Facebook bought them because of that growth. TikTok was nine months. And again, it was very young user driven. So I don't know if I would even count that. If you if you eliminate, and I wouldn't even eliminate under 13, if you eliminate like under 10, like both my kids are under 10 and they're on TikTok. I don't yeah. know if you count that. Like they're active users, but it's a different thing to use ChatGPT. ChatGPT was two months. Two months Jeez. to reach 100 million users blows everything else out of the water. Yeah. So it's been really, really crazy. I wonder, can I share my screen or for the podcast? Yeah, sure. I'd love for you to share your screen. Yeah. Right, perfect. I'm going to people listening on the podcast. You got to go over to yeah, the YouTube yeah. channel now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I never, I never got into. I've done a bunch of podcasts. I just, as just, we talked about, I wrote the book. For some reason, the YouTube stuff has always been a little bit over my head, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. So this is time to reach hundred million users. What else can like, interesting about ChatGPT? So even though ChatGPT was just came out, the technology behind it was being worked on for a very long time. So this is where we are in the grand scheme of things. ChatGPT came out in December. So I wrote my book in November. It did not exist. In the end of my book, I put one small line, something, I think under useful to- tools, I was like, there's this tool coming out very soon called ChatGPT that maybe some of you will hear of. <laughs> And it was end of November, right? That yeah. was insane. And then ChatGPT4, which just came out, is literally right here. It came out a month ago. What else? Had, so there's a lot of information on, on, on this slide. So I'll walk people through it. I don't want people to, no, no need to zoom in and start chatting things down. But the graph on the right side is probably the most relevant. So it compares, compares ChatGPT 3.5, which is probably what the majority of people use. So to use ChatGPT4, you have to have a paid subscription. That's right now, ChatGPT Plus is the only way to use ChatGPT4. But here's a quick comparison. So what you're looking at is in in blue is what score ChatGPT got on different exams, right? So if we look at SAT math, ChatGPT, the one everyone uses pretty much got 70%. let's, Let's look at LSAT. LSAT, it got 50%. ChatGPT4, they came out a month ago, got 90% on the LSAT. Wow. So even in that two months since it came out and then got updated in green is ChatGPT4. It's now acing every single standardized exam pretty much out there. Obviously there's still some that coding wise, it's about to get updated and it'll be better uh, for coding. But as of this iteration, it's not. But even looking at the bar exam to become a lawyer, the original chat GPT got 15%. The new one got almost nine. I think it was 89 or 90. So literally the new one's now so smart that it could pass the bar exam with the flying colors where a month ago it couldn't. So the powerful thing about all of this is that it's always learning and evolving really quickly. What else can I show you? Oh, prompt engineer is now a thing. Have you heard of this? No. So there's a new profession. Prompt engineering. So if you go in on a job website and search prompt engineering, there's jobs now paying 300 grand to be a prompt engineer. And the qualifications of this job is to come in and be proficient in using ChatGPT. How crazy is that? This whole thing didn't exist four or five months ago. And now it's a $300,000 position. And I should have read my title first, but the hottest new programming language is English. It, yeah. They're now paying more for being a chat GPT prompt engineer, it's called, than a lot of programming jobs. So it's... Wow. That's all crazy. of this is... 
all of this is great. And there was another job post that I was going to use, but it, it, the salary is lower. I like this, the higher salary for the wow factor, <laughs> what course. I presented. But the other one, so the job was, the salary is lower, but the funny thing I, that, that it had is under qualifications. It said looking for someone with one year chat GPT experience. And of course, ChatGPT came, <laughs> came out six months ago. So, <laughs> good uh, luck. Well, if you look at some of these internet marketers, you'd think they've been using ChatGPT for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. so that, that, that's the thing. And the reason I, I have this presentation and the reason I get asked to, to speak about it is because there's really no true experts out there. And a lot of it is learn as you go. And yes, yeah. there's so many people out there now like pretending... Well, I've been using ChatGPT for years, right? Didn't exist in December, in, in November, didn't exist December. Did. What else can I share? That's cool. This is the ranking signals for my book, by the way. So sneak peek here, nice. break it in the book. This is ranking signals over time. You could see yellows links going up and on-page signals going up. Yeah. Google Maps ranking signals. I'll, I'll skip over this because a lot of it is in my book. So what's big with, with ChatGPT? Google came out two months ago and said they won't penalize for it, which was a shock to me which I yeah. think the one line I put in my book about it saying this is coming soon. And then I was like, I don't know if everyone knows, but Google bought DeepMind a long time ago for a lot of money. So DeepMind is their original generative AI machine learning language. Without a doubt, Google knows what contents AI created. We know that because there's a lot of tools, free tools that you put the content into and it'll tell you if it was AI created or not. So there's free tools that tell you Google knows for sure. So I was certain I'll tell you, this is how I thought it was going to play out. I thought Google was going to highlight the results in Google search and like literally put like a label under and say something like, like AI generated. I thought yeah. that's how it was going to go. But then Google comes out and says, we will reward high quality content regardless of how it's produced. So that's the guidance currently, obviously, as with anything in SEO, it could change at any time. Uh, yep. But for a time being, you could actually create content with, with ChatGPT and use on your website and it'll rank just as well. And we've done tests. It ranks just as well as regular creative content. The risk, of course, is you invest tons of money, you'll create a thousand ChatGPT generated pages, but then so will the other hundred million users. And you're yep. going to get thanked for duplicate content. And then Google is going to be like, you know what? We changed our mind. <laughs> All the AI content will now be deranked, right? De-indexed. Yeah. That's the risk. What else do I have? So it does like an amazing job. So write 250 words on the history of the Mercedes GLS within three seconds. And this is, by the way, all my examples in the slides, I use the older version. I didn't even use ChatGPT4 because I know most people don't. So this is literally with the basic version literally writes me an article about the history of the Mercedes GLS. I ask it, this is one of the, by the way, one of the trip tricks, tips, writes 100 words on the history of the Mercedes GLS in the style of Shakespeare. So it goes, oh, fair ladies and gentlemen, listen to this tale of a carriage that has journeyed through time and prevail. So you could ask it to write in other people's yeah. style, which at least will make your content more unique, right? And you could do yeah. the style of anyone. What I do a lot of raps with it. Do you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it does such an amazing job at it, right? Like it, yeah. it's anyone's style. Shakespeare's my favorite, by the way. For when I do live presentation examples, anything uh -huh. in the style of Shakespeare comes out hilarious. There's that's it, it's it, always that's awesome. Yeah, I do it for for people's birthdays now. I'm like, I that's put in so a bunch funny. of prompts. I'm like, I want to rap about this for a birthday, and it's like this big long rap, and I'm like, here you go, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Link building, not as many cases, but I asked that I asked it for automotive directories in New Jersey. It gave me a bunch. Reputation management has been amazing, like responding to reviews. So I wrote, and this is my own prompts that I wrote. 
Write me a response to a user who loved this review on our dealership Google listing. And then I paste the review. And ChatGPT responds to the review in such an amazing way. It highlights the positives of the review. And then at the same time, makes it compelling for whoever reads it to visit the dealership. Reputation management's been an amazing ad. Social media has been an amazing ad. Write 100 words of Facebook ad copy for a dealership in New York City area, include a call to action. Yeah. Uh, it's something that someone would spend an hour doing before. Twitter, write five, write five funny tweets about working in a car dealership. Right? Yeah. And automatically includes hashtags too. This is all ready to go. It's amazing. Yeah. What are the most popular hashtags for automotive on TikTok? There you go. An explanation of each one. Yeah, PPC gets a little bit more complicated. This is a good one. What campaign should you run? I put car dealership, but go in and put in what campaign should a coffee shop run? I don't know. Write me five performance marketing ad copy ideas. And what's interesting, so it's based on, you could put in your website. So ChatGPT currently will not go outside of its data set and crawl websites. But in beta that I have access to that I think most people still don't is actually ability to crawl websites, which is going to be... Uh, amazing because you'll be able to actually, you'll be able to go in and go to my website and do this or do that. This gets very complicated, but you could get to write scripts. So one of the most powerful things ChatGPT can do and it's getting better at is programming. So literally, can you write me a code for a Google app script that grabs the call report from Google ads for the last 90 days, given a set of Google ad IDs. So it gives you code and tells you how to implement it. And then once you actually run this, It'll tell you all the phone calls you got from your PC campaigns and what ad copy drove the phone call. Wow. I think I switched to the next one. Yeah, next one. Oh, this is also a good one. Write me a Google ad script that lists all landing pages on a Google sheet and checks the status code of them in column B. Tell me how to run this script on a routine daily. And I want an email for all pages that are 404 or other status codes. So here it wrote a code they'll automatically in Google Sheets put all the landing pages you're using for your Google Ads campaigns. It'll check them daily. And if any of them stops working, it'll email you. So Google does this a little bit themselves now. They'll stop the ads if they detect a 404, like your page is deleted or something. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's not foolproof if you don't have the right status codes being returned or sometimes it doesn't check it for a week. You could actually be sending traffic to that page. And I see that happen all the time, especially in automotive, right? Because you do, you're like, I really need to sell this car. Let's run some ads for, to sell this specific car. And then they sell it and they forget it's sold and keep running ads. So literally oh, yeah. not only will ChatGPT write you the code, but it'll tell you how to implement it. I just encountered someone's website or PPC ad because it was for something else. And it went, it was like for one company and it went to the product page. And I'm like, dude, you're spending a lot of money on, it was like, it went to the hardware product page and it was like a photography company. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and you could be writing automatic checks for that. You don't need to be manually doing it. Yeah. Um, here's the, the tips and tricks that we talked about that's probably going to be the most useful for your audience. You want to define ChatGPT's role. So the most powerful is to ask it to be an expert. And again, this is stuff that I've just discovered using it myself. The, there's, there's so few true experts in it. And there's so many people trying to be an expert that's very hard to filter all the information. So these are tidbits that have helped me in my daily use. So if you ask it to respond as an expert, it actually accesses 10 times more information to respond. So it'll actually give you a much more educated response. That's by far been the most powerful thing I've used, but you could actually, you could tell it to be a tour guide. You could tell it to be a storyteller. 
Literally, you could guide it how you want the response. Define your audience. So you could you you could say at the end, you could say, give me this, give me this. Use short sentences, address the audience directly. You could guide it to give you the response you need so you don't have to rewrite it later. Different styles we talked about, style of William Shakespeare will continue to be my favorite. Please, whoever watches this and uses ChatGPT, please go do your favorite ChatGPT prompt and add in the style of William Shakespeare. That's awesome. (laughs) Create an outline for uh, topics. So you could literally put in, someone sent you like a two-page long email. You paste the email in here and you say, make it concise, ensure no information is left out. Similarly, you could say summarize the following content, put the content in, it'll give you summaries. And you could also use it to do research. So if you're comparing two different vendors, you could say, I want you to act as a tech reviewer, include pros, cons, features, and comparisons. Start with reviewing this. And you could put in the product, right? Like even, I don't know, you do a lot of videos and stuff. Let's say you want to get a new microphone, right? You could have it go out and do pros and cons and do all the research for you. Wow. What do we have? Pit, pitfalls. So this is the flip side that people don't usually realize. So number uh-huh. one, the biggest one, and for whatever reason, people still don't realize it. ChatGPT is mostly a data set of pre-existing data. The data goes through September 21. So it's not the most recent data. And once in a while, ChatGPT will prompt you and say, here I said, we're the most visited on my website. It says, my knowledge cutoff date is September 21. So it will often go outside of that and try to still get that information. But at that point, it's not really vetted. Like the vetted pre-approved data that they spend years and years like polishing off is through September 21. I'm sure it'll change at some point, but at, at today's date, that's what it is. Given that, it still wrote me the history of the Mercedes GLS through today, right? So it will still go out and get other information and still has access to some other information, but the core most reliable data is still only through 2021. So if you're looking for the most up-to-date information on some kind of topic, probably want to be a little bit careful. Number two, it could give you wrong information. For some reason, people don't realize this, and I've seen people use ChatGPT and get wrong information. Does it fairly often. The trick here is the information is only as good as the way it's stored in the database and the way ChatGPT references it. And what's interesting is I used to have an entire slide of these, and this is my only example left. So ChatGPT learns over time. So it, this even this example is not going to work for long. It learns and it corrects itself. But in this example, I say, how many countries start with the letter V? Obviously, Vietnam starts with the letter V. ChatGPT says there's no countries that start with the letter V. The reason for this is in its data set, it's not Vietnam. Vietnam is called the Socialist Republic or something. It's the official name of Vietnam. But it doesn't know that, right? Or at least the Socialist Republic of Vietnam is the official name, right? So it comes back and says there's no countries that start with the letter V. So if someone's using it, doing a research project and says no countries start with the letter V, might not necessarily. You're going to have to change your slide, Alex. It, it fixed it? What does it yeah. say now? What it says, it say? as of my knowledge cutoff in September 2021, these include Vanuatu, Vatican City, Venezuela, and Vietnam. Please note that the geographical there changes can occur and new countries might form. This is from a month ago on this slide. So it's, again, yeah. it's always it's learning. A, it's amazing. Uh, this, is, this was my last example. I had 10 of these. That's really yes, cool. It's always learning, always getting better. So it's, I think it'll have less and less errors in it per se, but for sure, it's always important, I think, to validate any information you have from it. Don't treat it as ChatGPT said it, it must be true because it's just using pre-entered data. That, um, yeah. 
No, but it, it's amazing. Yeah, I just, I, that was my, actually, that was my very first use of the new app on iPhone. Because they just launched their app, what, yesterday or the day before? Yes, I heard. Yeah, it's interesting. That was interesting because it's haptic too. So it's just yeah. typing it out. It's it, You can feel it. Yeah. I think that's all I had. The only other things I will say is that if you, especially for people that are advanced and are going to be co- using doing coding stuff like this, you want to, I'm going to stop the share because I don't have anything else to share, but you're going to want to be super careful. I keep seeing a lot of cases of people putting in their code and then, so take a step back, ChatGPT owns anything you put into it, right? They warn you about this before you use it, but I think people don't realize it. So there, there was a case, I want to say a month and a half ago, and it was the day before I did a big presentation about it. So I, I remember seeing in the news and I mentioned it, a programmer at Samsung was trying to debug a small error in his code and he couldn't figure out how to debug it. So he took the entire Samsung code repository and put into ChatGPT to answer. And you sometimes don't realize you could do that, but a lot of people, including us at Smart Sites, use the ChatGPT AI, which you could do a lot more with than just copy paste or type like, like we were just doing. This programmer put the entire repository into ChatGPT and guess what? ChatGPT now owns it. It has all the information. And uh, Samsung freaked out. And I, don't quote me on this, but from reading articles online, it seemed like they sent a legal request to OpenAI, which is the company that owns ChatGPT. And they said, please remove all of our code from your database. And OpenAI, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> ChatGPT is evolving and learning automatically. It's part of the terms of service. Anything you put in, it'll take it and then learn from it. The reason it answered the Vietnam question correctly now and it didn't a month ago is not because ChatGPT released an update. There's been no update. It's because it's always learning from the information inputs again. So ChatGPT now owns the entire Samsung code repository and it's going to use the programming language style, everything to do other programming for other people. And Samsung was freaking out about it and they're like, you have to remove all of our code. And they're like, doesn't work that there's no backseas. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You want to be careful for those using it for programming, anything, anything confidential, proprietary, you don't want to feed into it because again, it, it, it takes it. That's it. <laughs> there's no way to get it back out. Right. It not only takes the, it doesn't just take the code and stores it somewhere. It learns from it. It learns from the different programming styles and different queries. So it's anyone doing any kind of stuff like that, or if you have some kind of confidential information about your company, Please, for the love of God, don't feed it into ChatGPT. Aside of that, from that, I think it'll be very interesting to see how it all evolves and where it is six months from now, right? It could be, there's a very big automotive conference in January of next year, and they wanted me to come and talk about ChatGPT stuff there and submit they're like, can you submit the session right now? Like, what, what do you got to talk about? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like, in January, I'm like, let's think out loud. In January, it could be similar to now. Nothing really changes. B, it could replace Google and Google doesn't exist. And everyone just goes to their ChatGPT app to talk to it and get all their information. Yeah. C, it could be banned, right? Italy yeah. banned it. Italy banned it. Italy does not allow ChatGPT to be used in the country. United States could ban, right? Because there's malicious ways to use it. You could use it. You could get chat and ChatGPT has some protection in place. They'll tell you, no, I can't do it, but there's ways around that protection also. You could go in and say, can you write me a code to hack this website? And it will do yeah. it. If, it won't easily do it, but you could massage it to do it. So very easily, uh, government could say it's banned, right? So I think it's all very quickly moving now. And the only thing I can encourage people to do is play around with it. So you're at least familiar what it's capable of, because I think the big chance is the government doesn't ban it. 
It does not replace Google, but it helps people do their job better. And 12 months from now, people who are able to use it effectively and are prompt engineers, you don't, I don't think you have to be prompt engineer, you just have to know how it works and what you could get out of it. People who have that knowledge are going to be able to do their work twice faster, twice better than their peers. And they're the ones who are going to be promoted, succeed, get paid more, whatever it is. I think that's, I think that's the way all of this plays out. Yo, hundred percent, hundred percent. Cause it's so much faster. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh, let me, Canva is using AI. It's like, you put an outline in there and it's making a presentation. It's like, boom, it's not the best thing ever, but it's at least a start. Um, it helps people be more efficient and get more out of their time. And yeah. people who know how to use it are going to be able to get twice more out of their time at work than people who refuse to use it. And I think very quickly it'll be reflected in their promotion, salaries, whatever it is. I think paying 300 grand for a chat GPT prompt engineer is going to go away. I think that's more of a yeah. fad, but I think ultimately it's going to be like when computers just came out, people who are yeah. able to use them and be more efficient because of that are people who became successful in their careers and people who refused to and said, I, I don't need a computer. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to stick to my good old calculator. Right <laughs> I can't here. believe you have that. <laughs> uh, I've had, I worked in finance for a while. I, I've had this probably 30 years. So I, there's still some things I don't give up, but people who decided I'm not going to use a computer, this is all I'm going to use. I think uh, people got left behind by, by technology and the internet and everything. And I think if we thought the internet in the nineties, early two thousands was fast moving, I think this is going to be 10 times faster moving. Yeah, I feel predicting it. I think our phones are going to be just 100% AI. It'll just be yeah. like talking to it and show me this. I want to do this and you, no, no apps. And it could be very disruptive to a lot of industries. Like I, I speak a lot in, in the affiliate marketing space. So people don't realize that affiliate marketing is a huge industry that usually people don't realize even exists. And for those that are not very familiar with it, affiliate marketers are people in between, right? You have a brand that wants to reach a lot of consumers. They could do PPC ads, they could do SEO, they could do Facebook, whatever. But they could also take on affiliates for people who will sell their product on their behalf for a commission, right? They're like the in-between people. How do they fit in a world of no more in-between? ChatGPT is meant to take away the in-between. It's as direct as you get. And it, it really has the potential to disrupt that whole industry. And I, like, like anything that gets disrupted during the disruption, there's always opportunity and there's always the smart top 10% that do even better, right, than they did before. But a lot of people who don't keep up are left in a bad place. And I'm still not sure how that industry looks in a chat GPT world where you do all your, like you said, communication with your phone, right? You, you ask your phone, like, give me a comparison be between Android and iPhone cell phone because I want to buy a new cell phone. Then yeah. chat GPT will tell you a comparison before the affiliate marketers would create websites with these comparisons, and then they would link to Amazon or whatever it is, and they would collect commission from the sales. That's their business model. Now that's cut out. So, and that's just one example. I think there's a lot of industries that could be easily, easily disrupted. Google being one of them, right? Yeah, uh, 100%. It, Google loses, Google loses 10% of their search volume. I think they go out of business, right? They're so dependent on search volume and ad traffic oh, wow. that if they lose even 10% of their search traffic, and it doesn't have to be, by the way, it doesn't have to be lost to ChatGPT. I think in a lot of cases, ChatGPT usage 
is going to be incremental. I think people will ask ChatGPT certain things, but then still go on Google to research it more, right? So I don't think I don't think that's how they lose it. But Bing coming out, Microsoft and Bing coming out and being a true ChatGPT partner and pioneer, whatever you call it, if Google loses, I don't know, 5%, 10% of their market share to Microsoft, that's going to be the terrible for them. Like they'd have to lay off like 30% of the company. A lot of potential disruption coming, a lot of change. I think rapid change. I think, again, when I wrote my book, none of this existed six months ago. The last one. Yeah, just the last manual you've written. Like, it's funny. I was talking to another author about my book just last week. And he was like, yeah, it must have been so much easier to write your book with ChatGPT. I'm like, I didn't. I wasn't able to. I did it before. I did it back in the old days when you had to actually write your own content and think about (laughs) the chapters and you you summarize your own content yourself. It's terrible. It's terrible times. (laughs) Wow. Your next one will be ChatGPT enhanced, I'm sure. Oh, man. Uh, You know what? A lot of people are egging me on to write a book about ChatGPT. But again, it's so fast moving that I feel like anything I write now and gets published in six months is going to be complete. Not even a little bit irrelevant. It'll be like completely irrelevant. A month from now, probably. A month from now. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Alex, we'll put a link to automotive search marketing in in the show notes. We'll definitely be sharing this out. And where's the best place to follow you? Yeah, perfect. So if you go to my website, alexmelon.com, A-L-E-X-M-E-L-E-N.com. At the bottom, I have all my social medias. I'm most active on LinkedIn and Twitter, but I'm on all of them. So if you scroll there, please follow, connect with me. I'm very responsive to helping people with anything digital. Awesome. And uh, thank you so much. And make sure to connect with Alex. And thank you all for taking Alex and I on your journey. This has been Iron Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video will make you an authority you know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work. The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the garlic marketing show including special access to several of my courses including my case story course go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the garlic marketing show whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today that's it for the garlic marketing show if you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques make sure to follow i and garlic on facebook 